There are many ways, countless ways to get promoted at work or thrive in your business. Today, I'm going to share with you four that have been keys to success for me. While I tell you about these four, you're going to learn about how I landed my first account, how I met my first business mentor, one of my pet peeves in business, and one thing I'm working on. All of that and just a little bit more about how to keep it moving in your career and business here on the View 112 podcast. Read, write, live. Hi, I'm Janita Morris, and this is the View 112 podcast. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and welcome to the 12th episode of the View 112 podcast. I am Janita Morris. Not only am I Janita Morris, I am also very excited to have you all listening. I can't tell you how over the moon I am about all of the um, engagement I have been getting from everyone that's been listening to the podcast since it officially launched on iTunes a couple of weeks ago. So thank you so much for listening. I have not been doing a good job of uh, letting you know other ways that you can connect with me. You can email me any feedback or questions at Janita at JanitaMorris.com. You can connect with me on Twitter at Janita S. Morris or on Instagram at Janita S. Morris as well. Um, I do have a website. It's view112.com or janitamorris.com. Either one of those, you can find me. And Janita, just in case you're wondering, is J-E-A-N-I-T-A-S-M-O-R-R-I-S for uh, ways to find me out there. Thank you so much. Um, If you are enjoying this podcast, and I hope that you are, also please go and rate it on iTunes and submit some feedback for me. Thank you so much for listening. Um, For today's podcast, I'm going to talk about four of many ways to thrive at work or in your personal business. Let's get into it. Number one, You have to be willing to do the work that others are not going to do. I'm going to share a story with you about how going the cliche extra mile landed me my very first account when I was an assistant manager at a rental car company. I had just gotten promoted and when I got to the store, the team kind of gave me the walkthrough about all the accounts in the area and there was a particular dealership that um, they told me, hey, you know, even though the dealership is really close, they don't send us any deals. They have another car rental company inside of that dealership. And the service manager, his daughter is a regional manager or something like that for the competitor. So don't even worry about them. Um, Like we're very busy with the other dealerships that we have in the area. And... um, you know, they, they don't do business with us. He's partial to dealing with this other rental car company because of his daughter. Okay, got it. One day on my lunch break, I decide probably within the first week I was there to go over to that dealership because duh, who's not going to go <laughs> where they say, hey, don't go there. I'm that person. Like, let me go and see. So uh, I go to the dealership. I kind of peruse the lot and I make my way to the service department And um, I 
introduced myself to everyone and I asked to speak to the head of the service department. And um, very nice guy, introduced myself and told him who I was and why I was there. And I let him know that I was new. I just gotten promoted and I was introducing myself to all of the accounts in our area. And he was like, we are not an account. (laughs) Um, And uh, he explained to me, as you can see, we have this car rental company on site. Um, But, you know, pleasure meeting you, what have you. And so I, you know, asked him, basically, he said, oh, we have this car rental company on site, and they handle all of our like in warranty, you know, service situations like if somebody's car is in warranty and we're going to give them a rental car like we use this company they're already here and so I said well what do you do with the people who are not in warranty and he was like they sit here and they wait um and I asked him you know would he like what if people don't want to wait like could he refer us um in lieu of having people sit in the lobby one of the things I learned during my leadership training Um, and he said, oh, you know, sure. Let me, you know, get your card, gave him my card. And he said, if a situation like that comes up, he'll be sure to let people know that they can come to us and was super nice about it. And so I thanked him and I left and I remember being like really pumped up and I didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm just going to let them wait and see. Um, and when I get this first deal, like, oh, it's going to be so lit. So uh, a couple weeks go by and nothing, of course. And so I go back to um, the dealership and I see customers waiting in the lobby. And so um, at this point, I'm kind of like, don't really know what to do. Um, I don't say anything. I just kind of go back to the store and I send the service manager an email and I say, hey, you know, I just happened to be over there and noticed that you had a couple people sitting in the lobby. And, um, you know, I really want to earn your business. And if you would just trust me, like if you want to let those people know, we can give them um, a special rate and, um, you know, it will honor the service rate. Um, just give me a chance. So he actually calls me and says, I don't have a person out of warranty. I have a person in warranty. We really messed up this person's car and the car rental company that's here on site does not have a car for this person. Can you get over here right away? (laughs) So I'm like, of course, go right over there, take care of the customer. He calls me, he thanks me um, the next day when the customer drops off the car, says everything was great. And I'm like, boom, door blown open. We about to get this account. Weeks go by, hear nothing again. I pop back over there um, and I, you know, I say, hey, don't forget, like, you know, we'd be happy to take care of more customers for you. And he's like, you know, I appreciate that. And like, I think it was like probably another month of like one deal here, one deal there. And then one day I went over and I just, just said, hey, and again, on my lunch break, Just wanted to see how things are going. And he was like, you know, to be honest with you, I really appreciate like your 
drive. And he offered me a job as a service manager in his department, saying that he can pay me more money than where I was working. And that, you know, um, with my drive and my persistence, he thinks that I would I have like a long career ahead of me. And I thanked him for the opportunity. Um, and I let him know that, you know, I was really happy with where I was working um, and that, you know, I just really wanted to earn his business, like the best way to compliment my work ethic would be to send me a referral, which is really weird. I think I was like 23 at the time. Um, and as we were having this conversation and we were walking out, I was walking out of his office. We walked past the rental car desk guys. And I lied to you not the employee working at the desk was sleep. And he kind of rolled his eyes and he was like, I really need to talk to my daughter his daughter, again, was a manager, a regional manager or something like that for this rental car company. Um, he was like, they just don't have, you know, like their stuff together, like her team, you know, he was very frustrated. And I just listened to him vent and, you know, I thanked him again. And I said, again, I was just trying to go for, in this part, just non like out of warranty repairs. And um, he wound up like a month or so later, wind up basically terminating their agreement with the on-site rental car company and going with us. And um, I remember when um, I got the news, there was a big convention. Um, my current branch manager at the time, because I was an assistant manager, was out of town at a huge convention. And I could not wait to get back and like let them know that we were going to be working with this, you know, dealership. Um, and it was probably, it took me like, I don't know, I think all in all about three months to like crack the deal and land the account. And um, I share that story because, you know, there are plenty of people who would not have gone over there on their lunch break. There are plenty of people, number one, who wouldn't have gone over there. Um, you know, when someone tells you you can't do something or a deal belongs to someone else. And I think that that, that lesson in itself has made me um, a great account manager. I took that, that story with me basically all throughout my career in sales of like, don't tell me that an account can't be penetrated. Um, you know, and I wasn't trying to be grimy and like, you know, I wasn't trying to take their account. I was just trying to get a little bit of business. Like, hey, you said you use them for out of warranty work. Just, I mean, for warranty work, use us for out of warranty work. Um, but building the relationship, seeing the persistence, um, you know, in me from the head of the service department, one, it could have landed me another job, guys. I could have just been, you know, a service manager extraordinaire. Um, but two, um, it's what landed me the account and I, and going over there, going there when people said like, Hey, this account can't be penetrated to going over on my lunch break and being curious and building relationships with, with someone three, doing what I said I was going to do, having a car ready, sending the person over there, following up, even when I didn't hear back from them. Like those are all little things that like, I think a lot of people aren't willing to do. And that's just a small example of persistence, going the extra mile, um, and doing things that people are not willing to do. Number two, you have to be a problem solver. 
You know, uh, I, I love that movie, The Devil Wears Prada, when she says, bore someone else with the details of your incompetence. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, some things you just need to figure out on your own. Um, you know, I'll give you, this is a very small example. I had a former coworker that uh, was looking for a job um, at, you know, my current company. And I was able to, you know, get him set up with an interview and he asked me, um, you know, once I told him, heck, hey, this is, you know, where it is. This is where, you know, who you're interviewing with. This is the date and time. Like, good luck. Let me know how it goes. He was like, hey, can you send me like directions? And um, I was, you know, a little frustrated when he asked me that because I'm thinking and this is actually I text back to him like, no shade, though every time you say no shade, you it is all the shade. But I was like, no shade. If you're going to be interviewing for a company with in today's day and age with technology and such, and I've given you, you know, the name of the place and it's a public place and the address, like, I know you can Google, right? Google Maps, Waze, something like the address. Be resourceful. Things like that, I don't understand. And, um, you know, companies and ha companies have websites. You can do your own research. And I think the same um, resourcefulness applies in your work. Like, what details can you figure out on your own um, without having to, like, bother someone else? Again, bore someone else with the details of your incompetence. Um, you know, even in this space, like, before I try to go to someone, and I've mentioned this before... I try to figure things out on my own. Like I'll do a lot of research. I'll Google, I'll read a lot of articles and don't get me wrong. Like, yes, there are mentors and yes, there are people you can go to with your questions, but some questions like, come on, sir or ma'am, you can Google and like figure out on your own. Be a problem solver. Um, come to people with solutions sometimes or, or, you know, find the ingenuity to figure some things out. Number three, you have to have staying power, consistency. Um, one of my favorite quotes um, is, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. And this is where I'm going to be honest with you all and with myself. I still need some help in the consistency and staying power department. Um, my example for this one is, um, you know, I've read a lot of profiles about successful people in business. Um, and one thing they have in common is the theme of consistency, perseverance, sticking with it. And, um, you know, this isn't the first, um, well, this is my first podcast. Hey, but my first blog is certainly not my first blog or my first, um, business venture. And, um, you know, when I first launched my first company, I joined Twitter. It was in 2008 and it was a sports apparel line because I felt like there was not a market. Well, there wasn't a market for female sports apparel. And so I had created some pieces and I was like trying to drum up, um, you know, business essentially on social media. And so I joined Twitter in 2008 and there were bloggers that I connected with that were sports bloggers. And actually, um, one that I really had formed a great relationship with or, or a, a little bit of a connection. I guess I shouldn't say a great relationship, but a little bit of a connection with. And um, and just I was very inspired. I, obviously, I've always wanted to be a writer my whole life. I went to you know school and 
you know, uh, for English and I've, I have, like, I've just always wanted to be a writer. So connecting with so many bloggers, even though I was trying to launch an apparel company, it really inspired me to want to write my own blog. And I launched it, um, kind of as an extension, I launched a sports blog. I had a partner and I launched it as an extension. And, um, I just think, you know, I was very discouraged by the aggressiveness of Twitter, um, the people in that space, people really like doing their thing. And I just, I don't know, I just felt a little inferior. I wasn't confident in, you know, what I was doing. Um, you know, this, like I said, it was almost, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. Um, and I just, you know, eventually fell off. I wasn't consistent. Um, I didn't have like much of a plan. I didn't really stay at it. In fact, I left Twitter. I wound up, uh, like my last tweet, I went back. It's funny. I went and looked at my timeline. I stopped tweeting in 2012. And, um, just this year I resumed, like I, you know, in, in, and I've had other like blogs and everything, but I just never went back to Twitter. But this time, you know, I went back to Twitter and Twitter's so different. Um, and, uh, like re-upped my profile and, you know, a lot of the same bloggers and people that I was following in the sports world actually still follow me, which I thought was like, okay. Um, someone you haven't heard from in like, you know, three years, four years or whatever. Um, but, you know, people were still following me. And when I looked at some of those people who started either with me or after me, like their blogs are not just intact, y'all, like their blogs are live and in living color. They have like a following and an engagement and they do endorsements and their brand is, has really grown. And, um, and I'm proud of, you know, to see that and to see people thriving, but, you know, I'd be lying if I'm like, you know, it makes me wonder like, what could I have accomplished if I would have just stayed with it? I know that the brand and well, definitely the clothing brand, I think I could have continued to promote, but the blogging, even, even though that business, um, didn't really work out, you know, I think part of it was because I didn't evolve it. I didn't have staying power, even in the face of like a lot of adversity, like, you know, separating from, you know, my partner, um, even like leaving that space just because Twitter wasn't the space for me, like didn't, didn't mean that that could have, you know, needed to crash my business. Just so many things. Like I wasn't mentally mature enough to deal with, I think from a, or I should say from a business standpoint, I didn't have the business maturity to deal with it. But I think also just I did not have the consistency in the staying power. And um, a lot of bloggers that you listen to now or, you know, uh, side hustlers, people that, you know, share their story, a lot of people, um, but especially in that blogging space, they almost attribute a lot of their success to the fact that they stayed around when other bloggers fell off. Like everybody had a blog, everybody still has a blog, but the people who have really had, you know, sustainable brands have been around much longer. And, and a lot of those people, and I think this is again, where sometimes I like, I'm kind of frustrated with myself is like, they stayed around even when people like me, like I'm one of those people that they're talking about, like they fell off. So same power is key. Number four, if you are looking to get promoted, you need to connect with people 
on the level you're trying to reach. Um, again, I think this is something that I'm even still working on. Um, I think I have some great connections, but all of us get places, um, yes, through hard work, through performance, but um, I think that there is a competitive edge in understanding truly the role it is that you are looking to achieve and the work that goes into it. I'm not saying connect with people from a politics standpoint and to brown nose. Um, I think certainly it helps that like if people are in the decision making process and you if there is a room of said people and, you know, you want somebody or somebody's several people in that room that can speak to a high level about the work that you're doing and that can vouch for you and on your behalf. But in this instance, I want to talk about connecting with people on that level because I think you get a better understanding of the work that it is that they do. Um, I, I want to go back to um, the rental car company that I worked, where I worked, um, because that was my first job out of school and I worked there for eight years. And, I, you know, um, so much of what I learned, it was one of the best jobs I've ever had. It really shaped who I am as a business professional. But I remember when I started um, and I had just come out of orientation and we met with um, the area manager or district manager, depending on, you know, some people call it that, the area manager of our area. And it was a group of us trainees. And, um, you know, people were asking amazing questions. Um, and so I just, I remember I felt like really weird and intimidated because people were asking these very thought provoking questions. And so I asked him how old he was when he got promoted to area manager. And he told me he was 28 years old. And so I told him that my goal was to, you know, be promoted to his position by the time I turned 28. And I remember he, one, he laughed when I asked him how old he was, but two, he, uh, he was very amused by that, but he was very gracious. He was like, bet, let's make that bet. Um, and, uh, he, you know, was a great, um, a great boss, but he was also, um, a great mentor and every year, um, and with every promotion that I got, he, I would always, um, communicate with him because he wound up actually, um, you know, doing very well from himself. He went on and got like several promotions, um, and had moved away from the area. But, um, every time I got a promotion, I was sure to like forward him a little note, um, with the, like the announcement or to email him and just say, Hey, let him know that I gotten promoted. And he would always like, you know, encourage me. It was very motivational. Just like, Oh, Hey girl, congratulations. Like how old are you now? That kind of thing. And once I was promoted to branch manager, I would see him at a corporate conference every year. And, um, you know, I remember, especially when I was like 26, um, you know, I only got two years left. I really need to like get it together. Um, but he would always like say, I hear great things about you and, you know, tell me a little bit more about like your business. And he would share with me, um, just, you know, industry tips and like things to do and like people to connect with. And he would introduce me to people and he took like an interest in that. I had another, um, area manager, that I worked for that um, was really, I think, my first true mentor. He um, 
Oh my God. He taught me so many things. Um, and I think that, I don't know, I've never asked him. I'm friends with him now and maybe I'll ask him. Um, he doesn't work at the company anymore, but I, th- I think he was obviously inspired by, you know, how aggressive I was. And I asked a lot of questions. I was, I'm a very inquisitive person. And, um, I asked him a lot of questions and, um, what I liked about connecting with him on a professional level was he would tell me, he would tell me how he was analyzing the business. He would give me really tough criticism about the way I was handling business. He would give me insight and perspective. Even when I was, um, working for him, he would tell me how, like, he he looks at the business, how he manages his managers, how, um, you know, he presents the business, how he goes after accounts. And um, when I first met him, I was an assistant manager, but then I got promoted to branch manager. And then um, uh, I was I did corporate sales and um, he worked in another region. But but to hear someone at that level and the ways that they looked at the business, the questions they would ask people on their team, how they went after accounts, like all of those things, like they never, they stuck with me. And, and that made me a better um, employee, that made me a better leader, that made me um, a smarter um, decision maker. The rental car company where I worked, um, you know, they had a very, they wanted their employees to have a very entrepreneurial mindset. And basically you were running your store like it was your business. Um, and so to like really understand the numbers, really have the confidence to present, really like go after things. Like that was a lot of the things that I learned by having mentors and connecting with people in the position in which I really wanted to get to. Um, back to the, uh, the first area manager who was 28 when he got promoted, I got promoted four months before my 28th birthday. So I was 27 when I got promoted to area manager. And I remember um, like he was the first person. He wasn't the first person I told, but he was the first person I wanted to tell. Even before like, you know, people who I knew were going to be very happy for me, my mom and dad and my family and friends and all of that. But because that was like in my mind, you know, since I was like 22, um, that was the job I wanted. And I, and I had a deadline and a very, a very aggressive deadline to like reach that before I was 28. Um, and in that, in that area, you know, I was the first like woman to get the position. Um, and I had, I wasn't the youngest. There was a friend of mine who actually got promoted a little bit younger than me. Um, but you know, I, I was the first woman and I was also like, and I achieved it in the time frame in which I wanted to. But I think connecting with people on that level helps you on the level in which you want to get to helps you to see that things are not um, difficult to attain, or at least it gives you a roadmap um, of the work that needs to be done to get to that level. And I think that in today's day and age where everybody just wants to get promoted so quickly, or you think that like you see people in these positions, um, and they're so young or, you know, people have like all of the success and sometimes not even real success. Like social media can, can make you feel like things, uh, people appear to be successful, but really connecting with people and on that level and seeing the day-to-day 
grind or the work that they go through. One of my favorite questions I like to ask, you know, any boss that I have or a mentor I have is like, what keeps you up at night? In my current job, I had a mentor before I got promoted to the position I was in. And that was the question I asked him was like, what keeps you up at night? And he would tell me. And like that gave me a better connection to, you know, my boss, which is a position ahead above me. And I'm, you know, a position I'm inspiring, aspiring to get to, um, of like, what are the things that they're focused on? What things I can take off of that person's plate and like learning to do those things also equips me to do the job. When I go into interviews or, you know, I meet people even higher up, I can speak at a higher level and I can position myself, um, as a more viable candidate, not just with the performance, not just by doing the work, but also understanding what's ahead of me and, and doing that work as well. Another part of going the extra mile, um, but definitely connecting with people ahead of you. So those are just four of many tips that I have about ways you can thrive in your career and in your business. One common thread that exists for me throughout my career is my ability to earn promotions. Counting back, I've been promoted a total of eight times in 17 years. (laughs) Lord, it's such a long time, guys. Um... I feel like I've lived a thousand lives sometimes, but that's still a short career. I'm mid-career, but yeah, eight promotions in 17 years. Ambition is certainly a career trait that has carried over into many areas of my life. Um, and all too often, I think that in this world of instant gratification, business professionals um, and entrepreneur, entrepreneurs alike um, often desire to get promoted as quick as yesterday without regard to the respect of the work that really ta- it really takes to get promoted. So I hope these four tips, along with these stories I've shared with you, inspire you to think differently about how you're working or inspire you to keep pushing forward as you grow your business or um, enhance your career. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.